Bridget Callahan Harrison is a political science professor at Montclair State University, and she is one of the best political pundits around. So uh, it's a pleasure. Dr. Harrison, how are you? Hey, David. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I always look forward to our thought partnership. So, so it's, it's always fun to talk <laughs> to us. Me to the pun. <laughs> uh, let's, let's start by talking about the race for state Senate in Bergen County between Valerie Veneri Huddle and, and Gordon Johnson. Uh, they're seeking to replace Loretta Weinberg, perhaps one of the most consequential legislators in a generation. So let me start with this. Is, is Loretta Weinberg replaceable? She's not. I mean, when you look at Loretta's legacy throughout the state of New Jersey, um, not just what she's done in the public policy sphere, which is enormous, uh, you know, the fact that when women give birth in a hospital and they can't be discharged 12 hours after having a baby, the reason for that is Loretta Weinberg. Um, You know, there are so many significant public policy consequences. And really, she's been the conscience of the Democratic Party for decades. Um, But then you also think about the mentorship that she's afforded, particularly women throughout the state, myself included, um, but men as well. And, you know, she she is... uh, an incredible icon in New Jersey politics, and she, she's frankly not replaceable. So, so, but she's going to be replaced. Somebody, going somebody, replaced. somebody's going to going to win this primary, and it, and it puts it puts two longtime running mates together in a primary: Valerie yeah. Veneri Huddle, Gordon Johnson. And so, here's my question: they have they have nearly identical voting records over the last 16 years. What do each of them need to do in tomorrow night's debate to help Democratic primary voters decide? You know, I don't know that. Um I don't know that this debate is going to make voters decide one way or another. You know, there's a couple things at play. Part of it is representational politics. So if people are more interested in having a woman in that seat, then, you know, obviously they would go with with Huddle. If they're more interested in having a a black man, perhaps, you know, they they go with with Johnson. But, But the thing is, is that when you listen to these two candidates. Like you said, they've served side by side. They've been friends. Um, Their voting records are nearly identical. The only way in which um, they've differentiated themselves significantly throughout their political careers is that Johnson was an early supporter of Governor Phil Murphy, right? And and so where Huddle kind of held back and and waited to see how the field played out. Johnson got on board really early, and he's seeing that that risk that he took being rewarded by having the support of the governor. The other thing, of course, and and this is perhaps the most decisive thing about this, was that um, Johnson got on board with the Assembly Speaker Craig Coughlin when he was challenging Vinnie Prieto. And, you know, this was in defiance of Luce Delato. So there was, he really took a serious risk and he's seeing that risk being rewarded right now again. Um, whereas Huddle has, has parlayed that into support by the progressives throughout the state. So, you know, I think that there, in New Jersey, when you don't have real significant differences between um candidates on issues. It comes down to personalities. It also comes down to who's, who's your friends, who's got your back, right? And, um, you know, the differences between them are, are really 
um, policy-wise are quite negligible. And I'm speaking with Bridget Callahan Harrison, a professor at Montclair State University. So, so Gordon Johnson's got the he's got the organization line, the endorsement of the Bergen County Democratic Organization that that puts his name right next to Phil Murphy on the ballot. How how important is that going to be? What kind of an edge is that? <laughs> well, you know, and I, if you had asked me that question a year ago, David, yeah. I probably have a, a different answer. Um, it's obviously a significant advantage, right? It's not just having Governor Murphy above him; it's also also having down ballot candidates, um, including all of the municipal candidates running with him. But the fact that people are voting by mail obviously weakens the impact of having the line. Um, and of course, you know, Huddle, uh, you know, I count Valerie as a friend. Um, she is running a, a particularly effective and aggressive campaign. And she, as I mentioned, has the support of progressive organizations that are doing everything they can to rally the troops, including some of their voter mobilization efforts that have proven successful in the past. So this is going to be a competitive race, and I would anticipate everybody pulling out the stops um, to to turn out their voters here. So let's talk about... uh Former Governor Chris Christie, I I, I know everybody loves to talk about him. Uh, uh, It appears he wants to run for president again. Does does he have a path to the nomination? You know, I I think everybody sitting in the state of New Jersey would say there ain't no way in hell. But uh, the reality is, is that it's not just New Jersey deciding this. Right. And so we we're deeply familiar with a governor who left office with the lowest approval rating of any governor ever uh, with a 14 percent approval rating. And um, but but the reality is, is that the rest of the country, that is not their immediate experience. And so, you know, I believe in second chances. And we had in Governor Christie at one point, you know, a big tent Republican with an approval rating in the high 70s. somebody who was perceived as being a straight shooter before he kind of went off at the deep end and kind of tacked conservative and, and started getting particularly aggressive in his, his rhetoric, kind of, um, you know, the Donald Trump 1.0, um, and then supporting President Trump, who was obviously reviled in the state of New Jersey. Is it possible for, you know, a, a Chris Christie 3.0 to have a path to victory? I've watched him in politics. Um, he is among the most Machiavellian politicians out there, and I would not count him out at this point, honestly, particularly when you look at, at the field more broadly. Um, you know, he's a person who has supported President Trump and can use that to parlay support among the Trump faction, but also, um, you know, has at certain points distanced himself. Today, he gave the president an A, uh, President Trump an A rating, you know, on Hannity. Um, so I guess he's, you know, attempting to placate the, the Trump faction at this point. But he also has been critical. So um, I think it's possible. It's, it's going to be a, a fun race to watch, I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm speaking with Bridget Callahan Harrison. I want to talk about the governor's race. New Jersey hasn't reelected a Democratic governor in 44 years. Does does Phil Murphy break that streak? I think he does. Um, you know, looking at everything right now, um, you know, Governor Murphy handled the COVID pandemic masterfully. And, you know, people be, can be critical about 
opening the economy too slow. You have a governor here, like every governor throughout the state of New Jersey, who was essentially handed a task that should have been performed by the federal government. And our governor, you know, it certainly wasn't flawless. Too many people died, but our governor did the best that he could. And he also did much more than many other governors. And so, you know, he's got a 58% approval rating right now. Um, he has the ability to outspend his opponent astronomically. And um, the key issue right now, it seems, is the Republicans tend to be harping away on, the, you know, the economy is opening too slow. And, you know, in, in some particular cases, that, that message may resonate. But when we get to, you know, the summer, when we see now more and more things are opening more widely, you know, is this going to be an issue that resonates for people in November? Are they going to think back and say, oh, yeah, you know, I couldn't go to bars back in June. I'm not going to vote for the guy. And so, you know, this and and also this message resonates with with conservative Republicans. Well, you know what? The governor can win this election without conservative Republicans voting for him. And well, it's a, it's a good transition because uh, I, I want to ask you about a you know a person who's now a conservative Republican, Jeff Van Drew, congressman from from South Jersey. Uh, well, maybe to, this week. The, this week. This week. <laughs> uh, that, I mean, that's that's really what I would ask you about. There, there are two things that have struck me this year with Van Drew, which is that when he was a Democratic congressman, he co-sponsored, not just voted for, but co-sponsored a bill to uh, extend the ratification of the ERA. He co-sponsored legislation to grant statehood to D.C. This year, he voted against them both. What, what What's that about? <laughs> well, David, you're in Florida. Look down at your feet. You have a pair of flip-flops on. I mean, you know, this. look, I... People make transitions, right? And uh, particularly as you age, you have access to more information. I totally understand um, people changing their viewpoints on issues as they acquire more information or, you know, external circumstances or whatever. But here's a guy, and we can talk about the ERA. We can talk about um, D.C. statehood. But let's talk about things like gun violence prevention measures. Let's talk about things like um, jobs programs and fair labor laws. It's really difficult to perceive somebody having not just, you know, a position, but an entire political career, decades-long political career, where he's established a certain framework on certain issues, and then overnight he, he changes his mind. So now you know, the extension of the ERA is no longer a good idea. When it was a good idea, he was one of five Republicans to support it in 2020, and now he's not voting for it. Um, so you know, what we see here is uh, certainly the, the House Republican leadership is putting considerable sure. pressure on him. And, um, you know, he's trying to make a name for himself in his new Republican Party. Yeah. And, um, and that he is, right? That he is. So. Right. He <laughs> but is. The, the, it's, it's always uh, – I'm speaking with Bridget Callahan-Harrison, professor at Montclair State University. Dr. Harrison, thank you again for joining me. It's always fun to talk to you. Pleasure, David. Uh, thank you very much.